This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast, where each week we sit down and have discussions about Christian faithfulness in the college campus. To learn more about City Church Tallahassee and our ministries, head to citychurchtallahassee.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast. Today we're sitting down with our Associate Director at City Church U, Amanda Hill, and we're going to be talking about connections and building relationships and how one person can really get involved in the church. Uh, But before we do that, Amanda, could you just give us a little bit of how you and your family got connected at City Church? Sure. So um, it's been over five years, but my my husband and I, um, at the time, we weren't married. Um, but we were both from Tallahassee and uh, we had graduated college and anyway we were dating and we ended up um, getting pregnant with our oldest child McKinley and in that time period we just realized that we were missing a lot and just kind of longing for a greater purpose Mm -hmm. and wanting to start a family I guess the quote-unquote right way so when we were thinking about, well, how are we going to move forward with this? Um, we were just inclined to try attending churches. And so we did um, attend a, a local church and enjoyed that and felt like we were taking a step forward, but that it wasn't necessarily the place that we were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, we attended City Church for the first time. Um, and, and my husband, Bryce, had a, a friendship with Dean the lead pastor and Dean had always um, asked him when he was going to attend church to hear him preach. So uh, we just felt like, hey, you know, maybe maybe that's our call there. And uh, and and we we did find that it was a place we really enjoyed being. We felt like uh, the the staff and the people that we saw there uh, wanted us to be there and uh, were just so welcoming. And it, it immediately felt like our church home. And we just knew that from the beginning. Mm hmm. And it's been really neat too. Like we had a video that you know showed Bryce's baptism when he came into the church, and then as a deacon at the time, he was leading the baptism thing team, which was really cool because it was like here's the progression of somebody who like comes in, comes into the church, like gets baptized, joins the city group, starts to grow, gets involved, and then eventually in the course of five years becomes a deacon who ends up in turn turning around and um, actually, you know, leading the baptism team, which I think with church staffs, like now that you're a part of church staff, like that's kind of the dream, right, is not that like we would get these 
transfer people that is great the, the lord uses that from all around the world but that also like local people would come in and their lives would be changed and then they would join the mission could you talk a little bit about like some of the kind of progression that you and your family went through in getting connected and things that maybe the church did well but things that you guys did to help get connected on your end yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it is such a beautiful story now to look back over those years and just see like how God moved in our lives and, and how he led us to where we are now. Uh, Bryce being on, on the deacon team and then me being part of church staff. And we talk about this often that, you know, if you had had this conversation with us, you know, for telling our future years ago, that we, we never would have believed someone to say that, that that's where we would have landed right now. Um, so yeah, some of the steps that we started taking, I mean, first, we, we were attenders and we enjoyed the services. We uh, appreciated Dean's honesty and his style and just unashamed, you know, telling of the gospel and what that means for each of us. Um, so we enjoyed the worship music. We enjoyed the services. Um, we had our daughter at the time. She was um, about six months old. And so each Sunday we would take her into the kids area and drop her off. And we just felt like she was so well cared for and so loved. Um, so the kids ministry really started speaking to us. And it wasn't long before, and I mean, you could speak to this as a parent, but when people are caring for your kids consistently, you sort of feel like, well, if I have the opportunity to also serve other parents, mm -hmm. um, I should be taking that opportunity. And so I started serving um, on the kids team back then when we were on th uh, at Tharp Street and Bryce uh, started serving as security. And those were just two small steps where we felt like the church is providing this um, foundation for us and, and we should be contributing to that mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like, you know, um, as a whole and so we just took different steps of serving we uh, became members we both um, got baptized mm -hmm. on the road to membership um, within a year of each other and that was really wonderful and and that formed a lot of kind of the uh, I guess the basis for a lot of the relationships that we started mm -hmm. like uh, with you and other staff members um, and where we just felt like these people are rooting for us and like mm -hmm. they really love that we are growing in this church and we started to see like there were more opportunities for us to get involved uh, we just would attend you know the equip classes the equip forums um, at the time those were like certain they were classes based on certain topics and so we got to choose you know a topic that sounded um, interesting or like mm -hmm. something that we just really didn't know a lot about so well, let's go sit in this class and, and learn about it and we, we had that desire and we felt like that was growing in us to just become more knowledgeable um, about God and that just connected us even deeper to the church and um, we felt like, you know, when other serving opportunities came up, like uh, the hospitality team was really needing some reinforcement. So we jumped on board there. Um, and then we we were reached out, you know, about some specific mentorship opportunities. And one of those was me coming on board as a mentor for mm -hmm. City Church U. And and then here we are today. So it's just, yeah, we, we just really tried to take advantage of all the opportunities that we felt like God placed in front of us, even if we had... Um, an immediate hesitation uh, about whether or not we were equipped or mm -hmm. qualified to do so. We just thought um, this is an avenue that I can take to, you know, draw me closer uh, to the church and and to be a resource for others. And one of the neat things 
I met Bryce pretty early on just because we're into similar things as far as like the outdoors and stuff. And Dean's really good about when one of his friends or somebody he knows gets connected, he tries to like introduce different people so that they can have, you know, friends in the church. But um, one of the things that was really neat to watch too was just you guys putting forth the effort to try to get connected. Like once you guys decided that this is something that I want to be a part of, you know, you didn't just sit around saying, I'll wait till someone calls me. But like, I'll actually go to equip classes or I'll volunteer. Volunteering is an incredible place in the church to make friends. That's my story is, you know, I, I came to City Church when I was 16 years old. It was one year in. And uh, for about a year, I really just kind of was a spectator. I was just watching and listening and I was bringing friends, but I wasn't involved in anything. And it was always kind of me bringing outside friends, which was great, but I felt like I didn't really have friends who were really heavily involved in the church. And then I started serving in, on the first impressions team. And it's funny because I, I was a door greeter with Dean's dad, Tom. Yeah. And uh, he still talks about that all the time. And I was probably <laughs> 17, 17 years old, something like that. And that was when all of a sudden it was like, that was the tipping point, that catalytic moment where I started to make friends and like brick by brick, you know, this beautiful community and really an ecosystem of relationships you know mentors to peers to what would eventually be like mentees and the really the tipping point for me was volunteering there's something about that you know yeah what were some other places where you felt like this is where we're really getting connected for you guys yeah I definitely would agree with you on that um serving teams there's something that there's some sort of joy that just happens when you're serving your local church and you're serving people who are attending the church together. Um, it kind of bonds you and unites you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like it honestly just, it felt so personal to me. Like I remember specifically um, Jen Simmons, she might not remember this, but I was doing kids check-in with her and it was um, after we had moved into the new building, um, but I didn't know her that well, but I knew like, you know, they're like founding members of the church. And I just remember the whole time we were sitting on stools next to each other, just the two of us. And she, she just kept asking me questions and just mm -hmm. kept, kept up such a genuine conversation with me and, and really just kind of gave advice, but just listened and, and talked more about the church and about her daughters. Um, and I, I had two kids, so we could relate to a lot of things, but I just felt like she, she really cared. She mm -hmm. just, and it's not like, you know, I necessarily needed her to have that conversation with me, but it's, you know, she wanted to, and she wanted mm -hmm. to get to know me better. And so for those members of the church who really have played such vital roles um, over the years, it's just obvious to see like how the church grew in mm -hmm. that way, because those people have just found a way to get to know, you know, everyone who walks in that door in some mm. way. Um, I would say another another way was um, finding our city group. Mm -hmm. And that was a very intentional decision on our part because um, so maybe similar to you, when we started coming, uh, we loved it. And we kind of were just the consumers, like we mm -hmm. were attending and, and we enjoyed it. And it was like, well, what am I getting out of this? You know, And it felt good. But then mm -hmm. we would find ourselves like midweek, sometimes really struggling just with mm -hmm. real life things. Um, and 
So we made the decision that we were going to join a city group. And it was after, you know, it was kind of being advertised that fall city groups were starting up. And we found one that was in the middle of the week and they had child care. And so that's where we went. And we showed up at this house, um, our great friends to this day, Scotty and Hillary Gerber. And I remember when she opened her door and just welcomed us into her home and poured me a cup of coffee and sat down on the couch and just started asking us questions. And, and those, those discussions, those, whiz, those Wednesday night groups were just so formative for mm-hmm. us in that small setting. That was something we had never experienced before. And I think that we didn't realize what we were missing mm-hmm. until we found that group. Um, and we just recently multiplied and split groups from them. Um, so and that is the goal that that you learn how to how to grow within that small group setting, um, and then your group grows big enough to where you have to make another group to fit mm-hmm. it, the, you know the new incoming members um, so that we could invite more people, and they just set such a such a great example for us and eventually asked us to co lead and. Um, so yeah, we just felt so welcomed and at home and never judged. And we felt like we were able to be vulnerable and people were just speaking truth into us and just pouring into us. And then we found like, well, we're also able to pour into other people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I know I experienced when joining city groups was just the first week, sometimes people's expectations are really high. They think I'm gonna walk into this house. I'm gonna sit with these people, these 10 people for an hour and I'm going to walk out best friends. (laughs) And it's like, it doesn't work that way. And you know, you have to make a commitment and really give it a real shot. I know our discipleship pastor, Joe Thigpen was at a lunch with me and we were talking about how do we help people, you know, with city groups. And we were having a conversation, like, do we encourage people to like check out like, Hey, just go ahead and spend the first few weeks checking out lots of different groups and try to find one that fits. And Joe made a great point. He was like, none of them are going to fit he's like, we need to encourage people to try out a group for a year, you know, or stick with it. Yeah. To stick with it and then see if it fits. Because I think sometimes we have an unrealistic expectation. We live in an instant world where I can order food from anywhere and get it within two hours. I can instantly watch a movie on Amazon. I can so much, so many things are right at my fingertips. And then it comes to relationship building. And my expectation is I walk in one night. Could you talk about how long it took or what the process was like for you guys to feel those deep relationships in a city group? Sure. Um, I do think, um, honestly, that we did get very lucky just personality wise Mm -hmm. um, and life phase. You know, they, um, the leaders, uh, the Gerbers didn't have children at the time, but they were around our same age. Um, We did have a lot in common, but we, we noticed over the first few weeks that there were, you know, there were people from all walks of life who were part of the group, singles, married couples, um, dating or engaged couples. We had a couple uh, people who were a little older than the average. And, but what we noticed was there was this, you know, shared desire, um, to, to, um, you know, have the benefits of a small group to learn together and to study and pray together and just to, um, become, you know, a big part of each other's lives. Um, even, even the personal things, even non-church related things. And I, I do feel like it, it probably took us, um, a whole semester to really feel like, 
um, we could fully open up and and share without hesitation and that like these people um, that we were surrounded by they they cared and and loved us in a way that you know our people who we would call our close friends Mm -hmm. just you know maybe hadn't loved us in that way before. Mm. And I think that that's at the heart of Christian community. And we didn't realize, like I said before, we didn't realize what we were missing until we, mm. until we experienced it. Um, because, you know, the conversations that we were, were able to have with them, you know, we both had great, really solid groups of friends and we still do to this day. Mm. So it wasn't like we were lacking in the friendship area as far as numbers go. Uh, but as you know, having, real, you know, eternally impactful conversations Mm -hmm. was just not something that we, that was a part of our daily lives um, or our regular conversations with friends and family. So, um, so yeah, it did take some time, but we, we felt, and I think that says a lot for the hospitality that was shown to us. We always felt welcome. um, And maybe our expectations weren't that high, but we knew we needed something. And so um, they definitely filled that void. um, And it just, it really grew from there. And so many of the couples that um, were a part of that group that we, we are, I mean, they'll be lifelong friends of ours, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it did take time, dedication. It really took breaking down the walls, being Mm -hmm. vulnerable um, and just sharing, you know, a piece of ourselves with them. And and then they would do the same and God worked through all of our life situations. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it took time for us to realize really what is the purpose of a, a city group and even though we loved it you know knowing that well really the big picture is you're sharing in each other's joys and celebrations mm-hmm. but you're also bearing each other's burdens mm-hmm. and you know from a christian worldview it's like i never had that perspective mm-hmm. like i knew i could call my friends if i was dealing with something very difficult or sad but to have christian community who actually you know really meets your needs before you know what you need sometimes it's like there it just was easy to kind of um to uh feel cared for uh when people are constantly asking you like how are you doing how can I pray for you Mm -hmm. um and that was the question that we always um felt like would lead to the real conversations yeah and I think one of the challenging things for people getting connected to churches if, if they're new, is that you have these long, sometimes lifelong, sometimes five, 10 year relationships with people where you are really well known. Even with somebody who's not a believer, you can still be well known and you can be cared for a certain way. Mm-hmm. But then when you get connected to a church, these people don't know you as well, but they may actually have a different type of care for you that a brother or sister in Christ would have for you, even if they don't know everything about your story and where you came from and challenges that you faced there's a way that they can actually minister to you and fulfill the biblical command of community in a way that your friends outside of the church, although they can be great friends, cannot do because they do not know the Lord and they don't know what it means to actually participate in community the way that God's called us to. And for me, I know that I don't know when the shift happened, but you know, I had really great friends who, who weren't believers who didn't go to church and they were great in that they knew me well, they, you know, they did care for me in a lot of, you know, if my, they're kind of like, if your cars broke down on the side of the road, they're going to be there. That old Craig Morgan, you find out who your friends are <laughs> stuff. And yeah. those are great, but there are way more pressing, way more deep 
issues in your life than a car breaking down or making a bank payment. I mean, there's these, these spiritual needs uh, that we can live out in biblical community. I don't know where the light bulb switched for me, where I realized, wow, these people, these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, they don't know all my details as well because they don't have as much time, but yeah. they're able to meet these needs and p- participate in this. And to me, um, it kind of ties back to something that when we were walking in, we talked to Pastor Dean for a minute, and he said, community is built, not found. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people's expectation is I'm going to come in and then I'm just going to find community and just walk into it. And it's built. It's a two-way street. Both people are trying to build towards it. And you talked about um, the church being welcoming and trying to create avenues for you guys to get connected. But, like, what tips or advice would you give to somebody who maybe is discouraged or maybe hasn't even had to build community before? Because a lot of college students, this is their first time being in a new city, new place, new church. What tips would you give them? Yeah, I think... I think I would say, first of all, don't give up because I think it's very easy, like you said, to have a different expectation than what is actually out there. Um, I think that it it takes determination to just say, um, you know, no matter the inconvenience, I'm going to make this a priority. I think that people miss out on a lot because, you know, that's just not a good time of day for me. Or, um, you know, we actually like go out of town every weekend over the summer. And, it, and you know, for us as members of the church, um, or even before you're a member of the church, if you're participating, I think that it's important to stay informed, mm-hmm. which I think the church here does a great job of letting people know what is available, what's out there, uh, what resources and classes are happening, and just making it a commitment and just saying that this is more important Mm -hmm. than what else is going on in my life. Um, Because I think that also once you experience some, some really like formative or, or really, um, you know, impactful teachings Mm -hmm. or, or things that really speak to you, maybe even something that you didn't think was going to be, you know, something you could relate to. Uh, You're just attending because you're a member and it's a members meeting or something Mm -hmm. like that. I feel like those were the moments where uh, sometimes we were, we were kind of shocked by, by how much we got out of it. Mm -hmm. And it really was just um, making the decision that we were going to let, you know, our responsibilities uh, to the church kind of supersede what else was Mm -hmm. going on in our lives. Um, And, and, you know, like right now is really hard and, we're seeing it in our kids now, um, my five-year-old specifically, like how much she actually misses being at the church and mm-hmm. being inside the walls of the church because for her it was, you know, two or three days a week we were here for something. Um, but there's just, you can't replace that time that you spend uh, with other church members um, and and church family um, with any any other outside source mm-hmm. you can read books listen to podcasts uh, you can be involved in bible studies we're doing a lot of things virtually right now but there's just there's something um there's something so different and uh so much greater when you actually are here physically taking in uh what the church is providing um and just being a part of mm-hmm. the mission of the church and so i just would definitely encourage people uh, not to give up but to make it a priority yeah, and one of the things I found that I really miss in this season is even when we're on like staff Zoom calls or 
you know, we, we've moved to virtual city groups, which I encourage people to get apart, join, join a virtual Absolutely. city group. You know, it's not going to be, the truth is it's not as good as an in-person group, but it's right. still worth your time. And, uh, but one of the things I miss is like all of, all of the small kind of body language interaction things that happen of just sometimes people call it the ministry of presence just being there and you're not even saying anything that like gets taken away in zoom it's like zoom like i feel like one person's talking everyone's listening another person talks everyone's listening but there's something about even being in the room and like somebody's saying you know this was a struggle for me and you out of the peripheral vision you see someone nodding their head and you're like wow i feel that they feel that like we all feel that and yeah i think that there's there's so much things that you catch and gain from being in biblical community that aren't always the first things that we bullet point out on a list. And that's a great point that, that you mentioned. Um, was there ever a time that you felt like you were really discouraged or almost thought about giving up on biblical community for lack of a better (laughs) phrase? Gosh, it's hard to think back. I mean, not definitely not recently. Um, you know, I don't think so, but I, I, I do realize like that we got very lucky that we really enjoyed the first city group that we tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a, a regular experience or occurrence. And, um, you know, I think that for us as newer believers, we felt so strongly um, the the positive, the, you know, the positive um, outcomes of being a part of a community that we had never been a part of before. Mm -hmm. So like both of us had gone to church, you know, here and there as children, uh, but, you know, as adults with children of our own and and really, you know, urgently seeking uh, what our purpose is in life, it's like, well, our Christian community, like that anchored us in that season. Mm -hmm. And we, because it changed us so much, we, we weren't going to let it go. Mm. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we ever got to the point where we were, you know, we disagreed with a conversation or discussion. Like there were definitely, um, there was definitely so much that we learned along the way. We always, you know, I, I just remember often feeling like very enlightened by mm-hmm. conversations that I would have. And I would remind myself, like, you need to listen more mm-hmm. and speak a little less because you're, you're a new believer. Like you need to take this all in Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, most people in here know more than I do. And that was just, you know, and and that was fair because that was where I was in my, in my walk. But, you know, I I don't think I was ever discouraged to like back away because it was something that just filled our lives, um, in a way that, you know, I couldn't even really describe to people Mm -hmm. at the time, including friends and family. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. This is just exactly what we needed. And Mm -hmm. it was, that was God working in our lives and providing that community for us that we so desperately needed. One of the things I've seen happen before with people is that sometimes they get into the Christian community and then they see that people are sinful. And even though we have you know, we have God's word. We have the Bible that says that everyone outside of Christ is sinful, um, including God's people. I think sometimes people get in and for the lack of a better phrase, they see how the sausage is made and they go, wow, you know, I joined this church and guess what? It's filled with sinners. And these people, you know, someone wronged me or somebody was passive aggressive or someone didn't appreciate some work I did or somebody did something differently or whatever it may be. And I've seen that time and time again, where people, um, they get discouraged about something that is taught in scripture that it doesn't mean that we don't fight for holiness. We do, 
And um, I know when I was young and I started getting connected, you know, we had uh, several people in the church who uh, had pretty severe moral failure. And I was really kind of went through a, a wide variety of emotions about it and um, was a little bit confused because I'm like, well, these people seen X, Y, Z, and they were doing this and that, or they were on stage or whatever it may be. And then, you know, now look at this big kind of hidden thing in their life that came out or came to surface. And in some ways I've seen people just get in and they have conflict, unresolved conflict, or they have, you know, unmet expectations and they think, well, you know what? I just won't have any of it then, you know? And um, I think that it goes back to what you're saying too. It's like, you have to have determination and fight for it and don't let like, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. This church is filled with sinners. And by God's grace, we're growing in our holiness but don't allow that to push you away from what God's called you to, which is biblical community. And all throughout the New Testament, I find it super interesting, and I say this to our college students all the time, I find it super interesting that there's so much, it's like little kids arguing that you're trying to like, come on guys, we're family, like keep going <laughs> forward. And in First Timothy, when uh, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, I urge you to remain in Ephesus. And when I teach that, I always say, you don't have to urge people to do things they wanna do. Like you don't have to like urge me to, you know, go fish or <laughs> urge me to, you know, have dinner with my wife. Hunter, I urge you, but like, you have to urge me to do certain things that I don't want to do at all, you know, urge me to cut the grass or urge me whatever. And the, it's a really vulnerable moment in scripture that we read over really quickly that Timothy did not want to be in Ephesus. And then you read the letters and you realize, whoa, they, there's terrible stuff going on. There are tons of issues and struggles and false teachings. And, um, but yet, Paul is saying you, you need to fight the fight. You know, mm -hmm. you need to you need to fight for your, your faith and you need to fight for community, these people. And that's so true. We need people that will instantly realize, you know, biblical community is something I have to work for. Another thing that you said was like you guys had to make decisions to put certain things out of your life or reprioritize certain types of things or protect them, you know, and I think sometimes people with city groups, for instance, because when they first join a city group, the first one or two or three weeks, they don't feel like, wow, this is a, some people do and you get, it's really fortunate, but a lot of people, they don't feel like, wow, this is the most impactful, important thing mm -hmm. in my life right now, as far as community. And, but you have to protect it for what it will grow into. You know, I think about like spring food plots where you have to put <laughs> up electric fences so that deer don't come in and eat the vegetation in the early stages so that that vegetation can grow up. And in your life too, I think if you're listening to this, you need to hear people who are older than you say, biblical community is the sweetest thing through life's ups and downs. It's an absolute gift from God that sinful people can come together. And even though you might not feel it right now because it's in the little, yeah. you know, infant stages, you know, you need to, you need to fight so that it can grow. And it's been really neat to see uh, you and Bryce do that in your life and kind of full circle, you get the opportunity to work with college students. And that's a big reason why Dean and myself and others, when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with that position, we wanted to come and pick you because we felt like this is somebody who knows what it looks like to fight for what we as a church are calling people to fight for. Um, so if it's okay with you, I'd love to do rapid fire questions. Okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> What was the hardest thing about transitioning into being a regular church member? Ooh, 
probably just making it a habit. So we talk about Sunday morning church as a Saturday night decision and just deciding every single Saturday night that no matter how we felt the next morning, because like I mentioned, we had Mm -hmm. an infant at the time that we were going to get up and we were going to go anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would say just um, actually making it the priority of our weekly schedule, that probably was the hardest part because Mm -hmm. we just had never done that before. What's your favorite memory of City Church the past five years? Oh, wow. Probably watching Bryce get baptized. Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned that already. It was about um, a month before we got married. It was on Valentine's Day of 2016. And yeah, I cried a lot and definitely through his baptism video, um, cried a lot. But just because I had, I mean, there's something... um, there's something so sweet. I think you use the word sweet too, but watching your spouse grow in his relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. for me um, f- was just such a beautiful gift to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that continues on, but the actual baptism and his public profession of faith uh, was was just um, a landmark moment for me and such a proud mm-hmm. wife moment. <laughs> So, well, I guess it was pre-wife, but yeah. I know you <laughs> right <mean>. about there. <laughs> so you've been on college staff since December, so we're a few months in, in the weirdest collegiate ministry <laughs> of decades. Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy the most about your job? Wow, um, there's so much that I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, probably it's also what I'm mourning the most right now, and and that's the the building of the relationships, Mm -hmm. specifically with um, the female students. Um, I was finally starting to get really comfortable there Mm -hmm. in in, um, building those relationships, and and specifically with the student leaders, since we just, we see them more often. Um, But I I, I was coming from from an outside view, but also as a church member, so I've always seen the college ministry happening, and and we always thought it was such a cool thing, like Mm -hmm. we were 99 Project partners because uh, we we weren't Christians in college, and we just thought like this is an amazing thing that City mm-hmm. Church is um, is making a priority, and that's the college campuses here in Tallahassee. Um, but yeah, when when I you know I was a mentor for a semester, and so those ladies kind of have a special place in, in my heart because I sort of learned how to build a relationship mm-hmm. with college females in in that semester with those and they're and they're still my mentees um, to this day but as I as that expanded and I came into this role um, I loved that the most I still do I'm just having to find new mm-hmm. ways to do that it's yeah. phone calls and, and and zoom calls and facetimes and and even honestly even even the senior ladies who are on their way to the next chapter of their life like I have found myself really sorry really longing to continue checking in with them Mm -hmm. um, and just keeping that conversation going because we sort of got you know gypped Mm -hmm. in our final months with them but I I love I have loved getting to know them so much and then this is my last one this is probably the most dangerous one but coming on staff what surprised you the most about like staff members staff culture the behind the scenes I guess for lack of a better phrase yeah, um, how real and honest everyone is. And I mean, <laughs> without getting anyone in trouble, I mean, I just feel like no one's really afraid to say how they're actually feeling. And mm-hmm. sometimes that, you know, they're not pretty pretty um, conversations and, and um, 
not like the butterflies and rainbows Mm -hmm. of what some people view a church staff as. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, saints who don't sin and, you know, they're leading other people, so they're perfect. But it's it's so far from that, but it's also such a beautiful picture of of how God uses Mm -hmm. people. even church church staff members, you know, are mm-hmm. sinful people. But the way we're able to come together um, is is really amazing. And I and I think Dean and Ashlyn and Alex lead us so well in that. Um, but yeah, I I really was surprised just mm-hmm. how straight up um, mm-hmm. everyone is. And and I know and I and I see why that's important. I just don't think that that's how every church is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a special quality that we are a part of this, uh, of this staff and yeah. it hasn't scared me away. Transparency <laughs> is the buzzword. <laughs> yes. It is important to be transparent. No. No. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your story and just giving us some tips about getting connected. And if you're listening to this, we'd love for you to get connected by reaching out to us online. And we'd love to help you get connected to a city group, even in this season, so that you can get on a Zoom call and start to build relationships with other believers in this church. But thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.